how do I want to feel this week? What is one thing I can do that's going to get me closer to the goal I set earlier in the year? What is something that is on my plate and weighing on me that if I did this week, I'd feel so much better, you know, just kind of running through these routine weekly hygiene questions and using that to kind of prep your week and set it up. So that way you're heading into the week knowing that Monday I'm doing this thing, Wednesday I'm going to do that thing, and then things will kind of just fill in and flow. Welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast where we spill the tea on all things mental health and the elements of life that relate to our mental health. We have Jules Acre on the podcast this week and she's someone that I've turned to for inspiration on intentional living and productivity for years now. She is a writer, a YouTuber, an entrepreneur, and content creator. She lives in Austin, Texas, and her content is created with this lens of mindfulness, self-care, and intentional productivity. She really inspires people to slow down, simplify, and create more space for themselves when we have all of this digital stuff going on, social media, works online, just a lot of online clutter. To add to her credentials, she's also the founder of a low-waste concept shop, The Homebodies, and she's a certified yoga and mindfulness teacher, and her work has been featured in Southern Living Magazine, Well and Good, Shape Magazine, Thrive Global, and she was named Wanderlust 35 Under 35 in Wellness. So essentially, she's the perfect person to talk to about intentional living and healthy productivity hacks. One thing I've been learning is how important systems are to reducing my anxiety around my to-do list. And Jules is one of my favorite people on the internet. And I know you'll love her if you're not already following her, which I know a lot of you are. I also want to mention that I had some major technical issues with this episode. Um, I lost connection once we lost visual video at least twice in this episode and it's just kind of a mess so i was able to salvage most of the audio um, but i sound like a robot in a few places and i mentioned the problems at the end of this episode so just keep that in mind the audio is still surprisingly good but it might not be as good as what you're used to don't forget to tap follow on whatever podcast player you're listening from so you never miss an episode. New episodes are out every Monday and every Friday I'll be releasing a morning routine episode. Those episodes are short and sweet and just offer bite-sized encouragement, perfect for a little perspective in the morning, and a great addition to whatever your morning routine looks like. All right, let's get into it with Jules. <music> love for you to speak to what mindfulness and living mindfully actually means to you. I think mindfulness in itself is such a broad topic and we kind of know different things that we can use to help cultivate it being like meditation, pausing before responding, but what does it mean to have like a mindful lifestyle? So I think it's really dependent on each individual person, but for me, it just means, you know, living with intention and not being on autopilot and just doing things because that's just how it's done or that's just what's expected to be done. And it's just taking a moment to pause between um, your thoughts and your actions. Yeah, in simple terms, it's just 
pausing a moment. Is that something that you feel comes pretty naturally now or how many times, I mean, not like there's a clear number that you can give me, but do you feel like that's a habit that you really have now where most of the time you're able to recognize that moment of pause before taking action on something? I think it boils down to your values and what it is, you know, for example, if I'm buying a piece of clothing, you know, it's, it's asking myself, do I need this or do I just want it because I saw it somewhere and I now just have the desire to buy it too. Um, And that's okay as well. It's like, it's just kind of knowing, you know, am I buying this and I want it and I'm going to wear it or am I just buying this and it's going to sit in my closet. So um, I think it's really just about learning your values, knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what is actually something that you're going to cherish and love. And it doesn't mean it's always getting it right. It doesn't mean you're always going to act intentionally. It's just an ever, ever evolving process. But I think like the more you start to tune in to your values and what brings you joy and what brings you like a sense of fulfillment, then you start to know yourself better and you can act accordingly. So I don't think it's like every single action I'm taking, I'm pausing and thinking about it. You know, it's just one of those things that you start to, it's a lifestyle. And like you said, it it seems natural for it to be closely tied with values that you have because you're going to be, those are going to be top of mind in general. Like if I am, if I really value my relationships, then I'm going to be really intentional about who I have in my circle, where I'm giving my energy and who I'm giving it to. What are some of the values that you think you really hold to high regard, like in your day-to-day life? I definitely value friendship and community now more than ever. Um, I think as an adult, it can be hard to make friends. But since living in Austin, I really feel like I've tapped into a community of people where I can truly be myself and feel supported. So I'm going to make time for those people. And, you know, I tend to be more of an introverted homebody. And so it's easy for me to stay at home and just want to like, work and just spend time with my husband and my dogs and I'm like fully content in that small circle but the more that I push myself to branch out the more I realize how healing those relationships can be so I'd say like number one I really do value um, community and just being more involved within my local community I mean we could it can open a can of worms me going down all my values we can do like top three if there's two more that you can tap on yeah I really value my space and uh, making it feel like a space that I can be creative and feel calm in because that's kind of how my journey into intentional living began was when I realized the direct correlation between clutter in my space and my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so the more I'm able to just be mindful of how much stuff is coming in the mail or what, um, you know, people are always kind of like handing you things or like even just like flyers and just junk that kind of builds up. I'm really intentional about that and mindful of that because I know that clutter just stresses me out and it puts me in a bad mood. And so does like dirty dishes and just mess everywhere. So um, I really value having my space kind of reflect how I want to feel. And I value, you know, just supporting businesses that I think are doing good in the world. And so I want to spend my money more with those types of companies. If I can make better choices, I try to do try to do that. Can you kind of speak to what it's like? It's it's a balance. So it's hard to to make those decisions every single time. And, and valuing mm-hmm. space and, and relationships and sustainability are, are great things to value, but it can't always be, you know, like the perfect decision every single time. Do you feel like you have guilt in those times where maybe you do accept 
something I'm thinking of like family members if you go to your family's house and they're like trying to get rid of stuff and you just take it because they are like well I guess this is nice or I'll take it and then you just accumulate other people's stuff I feel like that's a classic scenario but when it doesn't go right how does that feel for you or how do you process that I feel like we really can't let guilt get in the way of us wanting to make tiny micro decisions that add up to impactful change in the future you know, like we can feel guilty about so many things in the world, but what is something like actionable you can do to make it feel more empowering, knowing that you're an imperfect human being living, living in a world that is not set up for us to always make these um, sustainable choices, to make these conscious choices. Like sometimes things are just the way they are because of the type of society mm-hmm. we live in. Um, so rather than feeling guilty about, you know, take your example of, your family member wants you to take this thing and you don't want to say no, there's not always going to be this like perfect equation. So I think just remembering that you're doing the best you can and small steps done consistently add up and make a difference. Um, There was definitely times where at the beginning of the pandemic, when I couldn't use like my reusable coffee mug anymore, I was like, oh my gosh, I have this disposable thing. And like, I haven't used this in years and I felt too much guilt, but then I'm like, no, there's other things happening. There's other ways I can contribute. Mm -hmm. And we can't always make these like perfect decisions. Like it's just, if we try to be perfect, we're going to fail. So I don't like guilt given the way of me just being like, ease, giving myself ease and compassion and doing, doing the best I can when I can, but also knowing that it's a group effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that we've talked about perfectionism on the podcast before, and I think that totally plays a role in building any type of lifestyle. If you have aspirations for what lifestyle you want to have, perfectionism can sneak in, especially with some like bigger topics like sustainability or things that you're like, wow, like we really can't use our reusable stuff because our world is not allowing us to. And like you said, our world is not always set up for the consumer to make the right choice. And I think that can be incredibly frustrating. So understanding that you are doing your best and keeping the perfectionism in check, I think is a really good practice when you're trying to just implement new changes or striving for the lifestyle that you want. Okay. So I want to shift a little bit to productivity because your productivity content is inspiring. I I tend to to be on the lazy side if I'm being honest. If I'm not in balance, then that's where I that's where I fall to and I'm prone to shut down instead of go go go. So I think sometimes people that are on the opposite end of the spectrum can almost get glamorized for having that go 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 mindset and when they're anxious they actually just do more. <laughs> so I'd love to hear your perspective on productivity because I have some feelings about just the word in general. I'm curious what you feel about that word. Well, first, I want to say that you're not lazy. I think that (laughs) we because we try to glamorize the hustle and we praise people who tend to like, you know, seem to always be busy, busy, busy and doing the next big thing that we automatically categorize ourselves as being lazy if we're not doing X, Y, Z things. I, I think it's really deeper than that. It's like maybe you're not want and interested in the thing that you think you should be doing. And so you're putting it off because you kind of don't like you're not your heart's not there, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. There's so many different reasons for why we might quote unquote, feel like we're being lazy. But I I don't think that we're inherently lazy. There's a lot of other um, areas that we can dive into. But um, as far as productivity goes, I think it gets a 
I think productivity is kind of a, a it gets a bad rap these days. Yeah. Um, but I personally like to approach productivity from a place of self-care and knowing that rest is productive, taking time to, you know, expand my community and tap into my community of friends like that's productive as well it's not this it doesn't always have to be work focused it can also be personal growth and health and taking care of your mental health so for me I approach productivity knowing that when I create these systems that help me work more efficiently it frees up my time so I can do other things so whatever that extra time However you want to spend the extra time, some people want to fuel it back into work. That's fine. Like you, everyone can do their own thing and take take what works and leave what doesn't. But for me, when I have extra time, it's not that I want to spend it working even more on other things. I want to mm-hmm. go and like watch my K-drama or <laughs> go hang yeah. out with my friend or take Fridays off. And that's just what I choose to do. So I think productivity can work with us by embracing technology, embracing the tools that can help us find a better workflow so that we can show up to our desks actually knowing what needs to be done instead of just staring at our screen and starting from scratch every single day. It's a good way to reframe it, I, I think is how I would say that, because you can be productive in your social life and you can be productive in taking care of yourself or if it is like unplugging or just doing something for pure joy or relaxation instead of having like a secondary objective of getting something done. Um, I think we can often do that or like, how can I relax? But how can I relax in a way that like still check something else off the to-do list in some other area? I'm curious what some of your favorite like quick productivity hacks are that you've implemented over the years. Oh man. Well, I'd say... Notion is my favorite productivity tool that I use. Um, what is that? It's Notion is basically an all-in-one workspace. So it it pretty much eliminates Trello. It el- eliminates Google Sheets, Google Docs, Airtable, like any of those different productivity apps or project management apps that you know normally I would have three different ones, and I'd have Project A in this one, and I'd have my to-do list in this one and it was just always a myth, uh, hodgepodge of things but notion is just like one singular platform where I can literally do anything and everything in there mm-hmm. and for some people it can be intimidating because it's such a blank canvas but once you get into the groove of it it can be really impactful and so I'd say find a system a digital system that can help be your second brain just like building taking the time up front to build a second brain so that you don't always have to start from scratch. So creating templates, it even helps me with my personal life because I'm able to see like the things that I value and the things that I want to like learn more of or um, spend more time on. I'll have it in my Notion dashboard as like a page in there where I'm taking notes on it or I'm researching things. So whether it's like a book that I want to read, I have like a reading list, recipes that I want to try or have tried or that I like, I can have them there. And it's just a very organized system. So yeah, I'd say like one, find a system that can be your second brain and that's free too. The second productivity hack I would say is just being mindful of how your technology might impact your mood and your energy levels. Mm -hmm. So I think most of us can agree that spending our mornings and evenings scrolling don't, doesn't always make us feel good. Um, But if it does make you feel good or neutral, then rock on. 
but for me, I'm really uh, sensitive to that. I, I honestly think that everyone is, and I think it can be so subtle. Like you might not scroll on your phone and think like, wow, I'm really anxious now, or wow, that made me feel bad. But because I don't feel that way, but I've noticed like just the volume of content that you can consume and how quickly mm-hmm. it comes, it speeds up my mind to where my thoughts are more racy than they would be if I wasn't scrolling that day or if I take a, a total break for like a week or something. So I would challenge that and just say like at least test it out to see mm-hmm. if you can notice a difference between days that you are on, on your phone and days that you aren't because I, I think it impacts you inevitably all the time yeah. even if you don't notice. Yeah, and I think it, – and it's one of the obvious things, but I feel like I always need to bring it up and always need to say it because we're not we're not immune from being tempted to touch our phone if it's next to us. And so I think physically removing it, even simply putting it in a drawer – if I put it in a drawer, I forget about it, and then I end up being like, oh, where's my phone? I forget that I put it in the drawer. Same with sleeping. I don't put it on my bedside table because of course I'm going to grab it if it's next to me. Like, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's across the room, it just makes it a little bit harder um, to get to. Yes. I think that's a really good tip. I think boundaries with social media are so hard. Do you feel like you, I know you just mentioned that you like, will put it on a separate table away from you, but do you have, how would you describe your boundaries with social media? Obviously you're active on the platforms. You have to participate through your channels, but other than outside of that, like what's your relationship like with social media right now? I feel like it's a very up and down journey. There's some weeks where I'm like, cool, like I'm feeling really creative. It's usually during my follicular phase in my cycle. Mm -hmm. And I know like during those times, I'm like energized to be more active. But I think when social media is a big part of your work, it it can be tricky and, and, and you can get down on yourself, you know, if you're feeling like, Oh, I I don't really have anything to say today, or I don't really have any ideas. But since I've been doing this for, I I started my blog like eight years ago and I started being more active on social media, I'd say like five, six years ago. Since then I have started to just kind of ease up on the pressure. And so like I can go five days without posting on Instagram and not the world's not going to crash and burn <laughs> like nobody cares yeah. and I shouldn't care either so I think I've just become more nonchalant about it I guess I don't know how to explain it but I have other platforms that I'm more excited about and so I really lean into it so like YouTube I love making videos and mm-hmm. it feels like a whole new creative outlet for me and Instagram is just you know one of those things that I'm not as excited about these days and so rather than force it I'm just kind of riding the waves. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. There are so many platforms now. It's not like you need to, like you can't be on all of them unless you have a massive production team that can help you put content on Mm -hmm. every single platform. And YouTube's not really designed the same. You don't have to um, like feed the algorithm as much in terms of engagement. It's it's kind of a different game, which can be refreshing. And maybe it flip-flops from one platform to another. But I think you're totally right with again, like bringing mindfulness and awareness to that usage and how it makes you feel and what you might be chasing on a certain platform that probably isn't serving you. I think it's all context and, and gives you a frame of reference to really discern like, is this, is this worth my time and energy or can I set some boundaries in place to do something that actually makes me feel better? Definitely want to ask if there's something you do that really helps you set up your days for success 
And with that, I'm wondering if, um, I've been thinking about self-discipline a lot. So I think with productivity and discipline, those, those two terms usually go hand in hand with me because gotta be disciplined to get the stuff done that's always on my list or it's very easy for me to talk myself out. So what, what's your balance look like between like tasks that you feel like you're really having to exercise self-discipline or they're easy for you to, to take on and do? That might be you really like the tasks that you're working on or you still have some like discipline that needs to be worked in there, but that's kind of a lot. But what, what are your thoughts on productivity and discipline? I think it's all about just kind of learning how you work better and everyone is so different and everyone has different ways of learning, absorbing information, and we can't approach each thing as if like we all operate the same. So I really just started to tune into things that piqued my interest, things that, you know, I would start and then not finish because I... For example, you know, if you start a specific journal and maybe you are like halfway through the journal and then you stop using it, well, like what's the reason you stop using it? Why is it not working anymore? It's because we're always changing. We're always evolving and the things that we um, that work with us now may not work with us later. So I think it's just kind of learning and being flexible with um, knowing that different systems and different workflows and different um, ways of being productive are always evolving and can change. But for me, what really works and has been working for the last, I'd say like two years, solid two years um, consistently is having themed workdays and task batching and time blocking. And this doesn't work for everyone. And I'm really, you know, grateful and lucky that I can make my own schedule. But for me, I have dedicated workdays for specific tasks. And I group those like-minded tasks together because I find that it's easy for me to find a better, um, to get in the groove and really stay focused when I'm doing that. So for example, Monday, and it's from my calendar video, if you've watched it, mm-hmm. but um, Mondays and Wednesdays are my potato days. And that's when I basically, to me, potato days just mean the pressure is taken off of me. I don't have to be in like content creation mode. I don't have to look a certain way, feel like I just don't have to be on. Um, And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are when I actually shoot those content. And that's usually when I like have meetings on those days as well. So if I'm getting dressed and doing my hair and makeup because I'm filming a video, I can also stretch that mascara out and use it when I'm in a meeting. Another thing that really helps me is planning my whole week on like Monday, the first it's called Monday hour one. I, I didn't create that. I don't know who did, but it's a popular um, way to approach planning your week. And it just means like taking the first hour of your day on a Monday, or it could be a Sunday, whatever works for you. And just thinking ahead of, you know, how do I want to feel this week? What is one thing I can do that's going to get me closer to the goal I set earlier in the year? What is something that is on my plate and weighing on me that if I did this week, I'd feel so much better, you know, just kind of running through these routine weekly hygiene questions and using that to kind of prep your week and set it up. So that way, you know, you're heading into the week knowing that Monday I'm doing this thing, Wednesday I'm going to do that thing. And then things will kind of just fill in and flow as you're moving through the week. But at least you set the tone and created some sort of like structure up front. I do want to speak on structure a little bit because I feel like people think that I was just born type A out of the womb. (laughs) Um, And I want to just kind of backtrack and share that when I was growing up, I was very much like creative, free spirit. I really didn't like 
to have structure. I didn't like to feel like there were any sort of guardrails or things for me. Like I, and I still have parts of that in my personality where it's like, I hate following directions. I don't like reading recipes. I don't like following steps one through 10. Like I really don't like that. But when I started working for myself, I learned that structure is really my best friend, at least flexible structure, Mm -hmm. creating a template so that I am actually able to access more creativity and find more space when I do have like that gently drawn theoretical box. Mm -hmm. So I think anyone who feels like, oh, I hate structure. I don't like to do the same thing every day. I would recommend that maybe try, try it, even if it's like one specific dedicated day where you're doing X, Y, Z, because the more we can set up our routine and the more we can kind of take those routine tasks or to kind of turn more autopilot in a good way, not autopilot in like the negative way, but like the good way where you don't have to spend your energy on X, Y, Z because you already know like, oh, it's Monday. I'm doing that thing. I'm planning my week then the more we can dedicate energy to other more exciting things. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I can totally resonate because I'm kind of in the same camp of like rebellious with structure. And it's like the commitment piece. Like I, because so much of how I live my days is, has a lot to do with like the energy that I feel at that given moment. So I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm not going to feel like doing that at 2 PM and then who knows what will happen. So it can be hard to say like, well, that's supposed to be my block for this. But I think that might help with if you do struggle with self-discipline, that is like a gentle way to to focus on that. Or like something I also wanted to mention is that you're you're talking in the context of like working for yourself and not everyone is in that situation. But I still think that there's pieces that you can draw and implement. Again, like not every scenario, you might have like a really demanding job that has like things that need to be done at certain times. I have a full-time job, but I can kind of shift around the tasks that I do based on when I know I'm going to have the energy to do them. So I try to avoid my inbox in the morning because it just sucks me in. And then like people are just on their emails in the morning. So they typically respond quicker. Um, So if I think like, okay, I just got all my responses and then I can, you know, wait until later. No, they always respond immediately. And then I just get stuck in this wheel of, of emails so I try to, to to time block my day and save my emails to the end of the day because I know that those those communications like take less effort than the other like execution tasks that I'm trying to do throughout the day. So I think just creating my own structure of what tasks feel good and when and sticking to that as much as possible. It's obviously not happening every day. And then instead of planning my week on Monday morning, I, I plan the next day at the end of the day. So I'm putting mm-hmm. my time blocks in one day at a time because I don't always know what's going to happen the next day. But I have a general idea of like, okay, it's going to take me about 45 minutes to do this time block per the tasks that I have to do. So I think there are ways to optimize our own situation and create fluid structure that can help you in whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. And I think time blocks can don't even have to be so granular. If you know that you're typically in meetings from like 11, from like 10 till lunchtime, well, that's like your meeting time. So maybe knowing like, okay, maybe I can schedule in one hour of uninterrupted work time where I can focus and actually get the stuff done that I discussed in all those meetings. Because as an, when you're an employee, you need to find those pockets of time where you can actually take action on all the things. Cause I remember like being in back-to-back meetings where I'm like, damn, I didn't even, I can't even do my work because I'm in so many yeah. meetings. And a lot of those meetings I actually didn't need to be in. Um, 
so yeah, I think just like knowing like, oh, if I'm, I'm more creative in the morning or I'm more focused and energized after I've had my morning matcha or morning coffee, then perhaps I'm going to block that off my calendar and spend like those 30, 45 minutes solely focusing on, you know, actually doing those more granular tasks. And then when it comes to emails, man, like emails, emails are the worst. (laughs) And I feel like everyone struggles with their inbox, but the more we can all like band together and show, you know, strength in numbers, set boundaries and stop letting people expect, expect a instant, you know, AIM message type of response. We can't be monitoring our inboxes all day long or none of us will get anything done. So I think it's a lot of it's communication, communicating with your team, communicating with your, your peers, your boss, your manager, um, and just letting them know like, okay, Hey, like, I check my email three times a day, or if it's more urgent, you kind of star that person in your inbox. So you know that you can respond to them quicker, but we, there has to be, something's got to give. If people expect us to be in our inbox all day long and responding in like five minutes, then it's not really realistic for anyone's workflow. Yeah. And email is not the only form of communication these days. (laughs) There's a lot of channels that you can get messages from, um, like if you work with a company or team that uses Slack, then you have Slack mm-hmm. messages. If you work online or in social media, you probably have DMs that you're dealing with on multiple different platforms, um, which is mm-hmm. kind of like customer service in its own right, because, you know, you're you're engaging with people that are, are there for you and your content, and it's an important part of the job. So there's just a lot of different avenues for communications to fly, and I think that's one of the hardest challenges with my productivity is is just not being sucked into communications that are not necessary. And that could be like live in-person meetings or any of the digital ways. It can be overwhelming, all the different channels that you're expected to respond on. <laughs> I love to kind of shift gears. Everyone loves routines. I know I've seen some of your morning routines and I know you're a big matcha fan and I know you have your own line. Um, of like ceramics for matcha making. I'm assuming that's part of your routine, but what's something that you do um, in the mornings that you think has had a significant impact on a successful day? I feel like there's the things in my morning that are the non-negotiable things. And then there's the things that I would like to do on an ideal day, but if I'm short on time, it doesn't always happen. So for me, the non-negotiables are that I need to reset my space. I literally cannot get any work done if the house is a mess and so that doesn't mean like clean for an hour it's just that I try to tidy up do quick like literal five minute tidy ups whether it's clearing off my desk or cleaning putting the clean dishes away things like that just like doing little tasks that can help me feel like my space is reset so I can focus and then drinking my matcha to me is like non-negotiable absolutely because it just helps me get centered for the day I like the process of making matcha I Feel like it's my time to check in with how I'm feeling and so I kind of generally run through like a question in my head I'm like oh what, what am I grateful for what's my intention for the day it doesn't have to be anything major it's just while I'm whisking my matcha I'm like okay today I am all about feeling grateful for all the good things that are happening today like whatever it is just some tiny little intention um, and I like to do movement whether it's a walk with my dogs hit workout Pilates or simply stretching. Like it doesn't have to be the same thing every day. My energy levels are not the same every day. So 
I always encourage people to check in with their mind, body, and spirit every morning and just say like, okay, how am I feeling? Um, oh, I'm feeling like low on energy. So I'm not going to push myself to do this hit workout. I'm not going to go to that class. And that's okay. Not feeling guilty about it, about it is um, a great way to just listen to your body and take those cues and try to act on the things that your body tells you every day. So I've recently been trying to get more into working with my menstrual cycle and knowing that, okay, during my luteal phase, I'm feeling low energy. I'm not feeling as creative. So rather than feeling bad about myself, just realizing that like I have hormones and that's just what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a helpful lens to be able to, I, I don't want to say it, but I, cause I don't always like this term, but just give yourself permission to like have less energy and understand like where it might be coming from. Cause I think when we get down on ourselves or feel like we should be doing something else, it's like, it can come from a place of confusion. Like, I don't really know why I have less energy this week. And last week I was like all about it and why, like what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel like that? What happened? And the answer isn't always there, but it could be that it's just like a wave in your natural cycle and that's what you need to lean into. And so I think it's just, it's a helpful frame of reference. I have someone coming on the podcast who's talking all about cycles and how to lean into it and live in tune with your cycle. So I love that you're mentioning that because it's something I've been trying to, to learn more about too, because man, it's frustrating if you're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not feeling it today and mm -hmm. I have no idea why. Yeah. And we're living in a very masculine society and productivity is a very masculine space. So to me, it's, you know, leaning into the softer, softer parts of it and flexibility of it all and realizing that everything is kind of ebbing and flowing. And that's just the lay of the land. We can't always be operating at this like energized state. It's just that's, that's yeah. the beauty of, you know, when we have our good ideas and when we have times of rest. So yeah, just embracing the flow. And I like what you said about checking in with your mind, body, soul at the beginning of the day because I forget where I listened to it, but um, I think it was like on another podcast where someone was mentioning that biologically, like when we wake up in the morning, when we think about like our to-dos as humans, that's a natural thing to think of when you wake up because you've just been asleep. Like you have to be alert and like figure out what's going on and kind of get your bearings. And so over time, like our brains just automatically go to – what do I have to do today? And it's usually a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I think that can easily send us into this heightened state in the morning where we automatically don't feel like a human. So I think what you said, like mind, body, soul, quick little things when you're making your matcha, it's not like you're making some like grand proclamation of something you're going to do that day, but it's a small step to building like a more intentional day and connecting with your humanness and remembering you are a human going to your day not expected to be a robot. Totally. Yes, exactly. You are not a machine. You are not a robot. We're a human. And I think there's just so many little micro actions we can take that make our day a little bit better, make our mind feel more at ease, make our bodies feel more relaxed. There's so many micro things that we can do that add up. And I think that's a helpful thing to remember if you do have a strong reaction or maybe like resistance to the word productivity or structure or to-do lists or something like that, like realizing that you can be a human and still have productive habits, it's optimizing your goals really and how to get there because a lot can get in the way with social media and other life commitments. And so the stuff that we're talking about here, I think just really frames different options that you can test out to see if that helps you 
feel better and get to your goals in a way that invites more ease and hopefully more productivity. Yeah. And productivity doesn't always have to mean more stuff, more volume, more quantity. Intentional productivity is sometimes actually cutting things away and stopping things, ending things. Like I ended um, my startup that we were working on for three years because I was like, this doesn't feel right anymore. And it was bittersweet, but that was, to me, that was productive. It was a decision to make that, like, I'm going to shut this down because my heart's not in it anymore and I'm not ready to, I don't want to be in startup mode for the next five plus years. So that is also productive just knowing yourself and knowing what actions you can take to make things more streamlined, to make things more efficient. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing what you've shared and bearing with me with all the technical issues in this 45 minutes, but would love to hear where we can connect with you if we're not already connected with you. You can find me on Instagram and on YouTube. My name's Jules Acri and I also have um, a lot of tools on my blog that can help you take more steps into being more intentional with your time, space, and energy. So yeah. I'll link that down in the show notes as well. There's a lot of my audience that follows you already. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tea Please podcast. If you liked this episode, I hope you share it with a friend and let someone know. And I hope it inspires you to take a small step towards more intentional living. I really love what Jewel said about um, doing something small in the morning for your mind, your body, and your soul. And I will be practicing applying that to my mornings not the best at movement right away. And I think that's something that I could um, really incorporate into my morning routines that I'm not currently doing. And I think that would really help me just feel more in control of my day and just feel good. I have been meditating more consistently with the Superhuman app, and I've noticed how that makes me feel versus days when I don't. And I want to bring a little more intention to my mind in the mornings um, too, like she mentioned when she's making her matcha. I think that's such a great practice. Anyway, come connect with me on Instagram at the Tea Please Podcast. I'm most active on my stories, and I always love to connect with other like-minded people, so please feel free to DM me. I love to chat with you guys in the DMs, and have a fabulous rest of your day. I will talk to you in the next episode. Mm